Hey world, this is Sink or Swim, a long COVID long haulers podcast. Are you ready for another episode with Monty? My family feels I should be over this by now. My spouse is patient, but I can tell it's beginning to take a toll. This illness has taken my life, my family, my marriage from me. I have to get better so I can get it all back. This can't be the life I was meant to have. That was part of a letter that Monty sent to me when we were discussing her doing interview here for Sink or Swim, a long COVID long haulers podcast. I want to introduce to you, Monty. If you haven't met her before, this is episode three of three. You'll want to go back and listen to one and two. So let's jump right back into where Monty and I are talking. How do you deal with your worst days? What do you do? I tend to just kind of shut down. I don't, I don't want to really talk to anyone any more than I have to. Um, if it's a a day from work where I'm not working, I tend to sleep most of the day. Um, you know, emotion, if I have what emotion comes out of you in that really down day, bad day? Um, it, you know, it it's just it depends. Um, like today is kind of a mediocre day, and it's I'm frustrated today. My emotions are are just total frustration, and is it, it could be some tiny little thing. But it'll come out as it's big. Anger is the one that comes out of me. Yeah. And the way I try to explain to my family, I'm already angry inside when I'm this way. And by the time it boils out, I can't help it. It may seem like, well, you're an educated man. You're, you're not young. You're not <laughs> mentally incapable. You're not. I mean, everybody can list a whole lot of things in their head and verbally, but Literally, I'm, I, don't, I, I get tired of apologizing for it, but I don't want to be angry. Right. I don't want to come across like that. And th- thankfully, thankfully, I have one of the most patient and understanding as she can be an uh, assistant because she takes none of it personal. She knows where it's coming from. She might not always understand it, but she knows. It's so not her, help. it's COVID. I understand the assistant has to be someone that wants to be that way and has the personality to be that way. But mm-hmm. help me and other long haulers, long COVID, help us understand how you explained to her so she could grasp why she needed to be that way. Well, I think most of it is probably just in her. Um, but what I explained to her is, I can't, it's, I can't help it. It just comes out of my mouth that way. And it's not intended that way. But if I'm fatigued or if my body's hurting or if I'm having struggles like on humid days for whatever reasons, it's hard for me to breathe, harder for me to breathe, or I'm sick and tired of carrying around the oxygen tank. That can be the frustration behind it. You know, I just tell her it's not, it's really not anything to do with you or the workplace. It's just strictly what I'm dealing with personally. I will admit I have not been able to find a way for being able to explain to friends and or family that are close enough that I care. I, I hate, I, I almost sound like I'm anymore in life. I almost sound like I am a rude person, a mean person mm-hmm. to a lot of people because I literally, I have to shrink my bubble of what I care about. Exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> because That's if exactly I, right. if I don't, 
it's almost like the real world anymore is so small that I get to live in because I don't know, I don't get to live in the real world anymore. Right. How do you respond to something like that? I mean, I I will say I do have some family that doesn't get it, voiced it, and we leave it alone because, you know, what I told them is you, when you have to make peace within yourself, when you're so sick and you have to make peace with your creator, because you don't know that it's such a defining moment that, you know, they cannot possibly understand the things I went through for 60 days plus, the things I've gone through over the past 16 months. They don't understand the drive in me to want to be that person I used to be before I got sick. They do not, they must not know me as well as they think to know that this is, I'm not settling for this. This is out of my control. And that's what I can't get them to understand is I'm not going to all these doctors and I'm not on the oxygen and I'm not out of breath after 10 minutes of walking because I choose to or I want attention or I'm, it's out of my control and it's not, I'm not, I'm not settling for it. It's just, I can't change it. It Um, absolutely is a defining moment in the sense that people don't realize we want to be who we were. We want to be, I would love to be able to deal with the anger in the way I used to have the capability of dealing with the anger. I would give my arms and my legs and I would have somebody roll me around the rest of my life if I could just have some way for people to understand that stuff. And this is maybe an analogy that somebody can relate to. Every time I sit down in the doctor's office, you get asked that, and I'm going to call it a stupid question because it's irritating. Are you depressed? Hey, if you're listening to our podcast, please like and share. Help us to build the community that needs to hear this. We really would appreciate your support. And I sit there and I look at the nurse because I know she's just reading a question. I know it's a question that they have to ask, and it's a question they ask every patient that walks in there. But do I answer yes because I am depressed, or do I answer no because I'm not depressed? I'm depressed because of the crap I'm in. I'm depressed because of the stuff I have to do and put up with. I'm depressed because of how everything is going, but I'm not depressed independently and of itself by itself. I have dealt with that kind of thing in the past. I understand that there is a difference. But my depression is because there's no light in the tunnel. There's nobody that can tell me what to do or how to do it. There's no pill I can take. There's no antibiotic that gets rid of the effects of the infection. There's no antidepressant or anti-anxiety because I've tried what literally I believe is all of them. I've had over 185 lab tests. They are all normal. What are you going to treat? I'm depressed because of all of that. Because there is nothing else to do but get depressed sometimes. Now, that's a long answer I want to give the nurse. (laughs) But then she'd be looking at me like, what the heck am I supposed to put in the chart? Moni, tell me, talk to me about family and friends. My family, for the most part, tries to be as supportive as they possibly can and tries to understand, you know, this COVID, it didn't just impact me physically, you know, it, it impacted relationships and how you relate to everybody else. Because when you say, you know, you 
can't possibly, when I say to my husband, you don't, you don't know how I feel. And he would say, well, I know that you, you know, you're living in fear. It's, it's not in fear that I live. You know, I'm not afraid of anything. It's just a, a mad feeling that, you know, I'm stuck. I feel stuck. So you can't understand until you're in my shoes what that's like. But I appreciate, let me say that, but I appreciate him putting in all of his efforts to understand that. Because I do have family and friends who don't even try. They just think it's, I was sick. I was in the hospital. I came home. I, I've been 15, 16 months out of it. I should be fine now. So and and my, everybody knows somebody that had COVID and they're fine. Right, right. But it was just a bad case of the flu. It wasn't, you know, you and you and you think, you know, really, did, did you really? Because I, I know that I get the look on my face sometimes when somebody will say, well, don't worry, don't panic. Because if my oxygen battery starts running low, I'm looking for an outlet. And, you know, they'll say, well, don't panic. Okay, don't tell me that because I'm not panicked at this point, but I know how long I can go without the supplemental oxygen. And there's a lot of things that have to take effect before I'm going to die if I don't get it. But I'm, I don't like the feeling it gives me to not have the supplement with me. So don't tell me don't panic until you know, until you know exactly what I'm feeling it's kind of like when you feel the courage to share something that is negative in your life with someone and that person says, I'll be praying for you. You're in our prayers. And then they walk off thinking that they gave you something when you know you aren't going to pray for me. You don't, I'm not in your prayers. That's irritating. Don't get mad back at me because it's not about you. It's about get me in a position to where I can help myself and then I can maybe explain to you. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. The pat on the head, that's exactly what I feel like. You know, little pat on the head. Don't worry. Don't panic. That's exactly what I feel like. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, help me. Help me find or help me, you know, take care of it. Don't just stand there and look at me. Perfectly said. Yes. And, and it's 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 going to take more than one try. So let's just pretend again. You're having issues with your oxygen and I accidentally do the knee jerk response. Don't panic. We're going to get this taken care of. OK. Right. If I respond negatively and it seems like you just were called an idiot, I'm not calling you an idiot. I'm actually responding with what's going on inside of me, and I need your help to get out of this situation. So don't get angry. Don't get mad. Don't run away. Turn around in your head. Turn around symbolically and try again because I need you. I need you to help me get out of this situation so that I can tell you thank you. That's what I need. So say, what can I do? What do I need to find? Do I need to find a plug? Do I need to carry your oxygen? Start looking for the things that you can do other than turn it into more negative. Don't throw, ga don't throw gas on my fire because I'm going to light it up. Right. That's right. I hope that what we just went through there in that kind of symbolic way gives encouragement to other long haul long haulers and long covid and their family and friends because you and i i think could go through those all day long 
Oh yeah. There's a but. It's a but. And that's just that's part of our frustration, so everybody understands. As far as I know, this thing's not killing me. It's just sitting here having a ball torturing me for the rest of my life. Sink or Swim, a long COVID long haulers podcast. Hey, we are in over 27 different countries at the time of this podcast. I am very proud of that. And I'm proud of the fact that we're bringing this to each of you. We need you to follow. We need you to like, and we need you to share. This is being done for you and those people you know, and we appreciate you greatly. Please follow, like, and share. Right. It's making me an emotional mess on some days. It never lets me forget that it's there. Yeah. One of the other things that you had said, EMDR therapy. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that. Educate me. Tell me if you would do it again. Tell me what what happened. Why? So I was getting ready to... uh, returned to work and I had a lot of anxiety about being around people. You know, at this point in time, I've been in my home for eight months, not getting out and doing anything, going anywhere. I've just been at home. I had some anxiety about being around people other than my husband. I sought out therapy and I ran across a a doctor and he said, how do you feel about EMDR? I said, well, I don't know anything about it. He said, well, I want to try it. He kind of explained a little bit about what it was. It's really just getting focused. It does involve eye movement, a little bit of activity, but it's just getting focused. When you feel those anxieties coming, I always call it uh, the devil. When I feel the that creeping up or that tightness I get in my throat or the overwhelming feeling that I start getting, I just stop what I'm doing. I stop and I just sit down and I close my eyes and I do move my eyes only because it starts me to focus on something else. So let's go into this a little bit further because even just sitting here listening to that tiny little tidbit, you give me a great amount of interest. How was EMDR explain to you what is it it's just reprocessing that that feeling that you're having so you know when you start to feel that that feeling it's just what he said is it's just placing it in a better a different place so that when those feelings start coming or the sadness or the when i start getting frustrated so if i say it this way An activity in your brain that is negative to you can be retrained by a process using EMDR to become a positive activity? Yes. Yes. So that, like I said, I I was afraid to be around people. You know, the first day that I returned, I was only here half a day, but, but you know what? I got through half a day. Mm hmm. Because I would just stop when people, because people would come to my office and come to my office and come to my office. At a certain point, I can shut my door and stop and remind myself, it's okay. You've been here before. I've been in this office before. And just get my brain rethinking, rethinking about that is not the end of all, just because somebody's in my office. They've been in here before. I've talked to them before. I didn't have any negative effects from talking to them. It's just retraining. Just because they're a person and they're breathing doesn't mean they're going to breathe COVID on me. Because what I initially told my therapist is I feel like COVID is it's chasing me. I feel like they're wait, it's waiting around the corner with every person that I encountered. That's really interesting that you say that because during this whole process, 
I, in the past, have um, experienced PTSD from something totally different. But during this time, I started feeling just different. And it wasn't, I mean, this was 30 years ago, but it wasn't until probably, I guess, maybe close to a year now that I started noticing that what I was feeling was the same emotions I had when I had PTSD. That PTSD was triggered again because I felt like something that bad things were going to happen. Like there, there was death all around. Exactly. I, I guess I can just share is that at one point in, in our, in our married life, I was being stalked by someone that said that he was going to kill me. We never did find out who it was, anything like that. COVID was the one that was going to try to kill me. Mm-hmm. And it was the same trip. I mean, it was the same emotions. And I finally figured it out. It's, it's because some, the, it's after my family. Doug's been so sick with it. Our 13-year-old lost a kidney to it. I didn't want to be around people either. I didn't want people in my office. Yeah. I mean, I would be so nauseated and almost throwing up just thinking about going to work. To work at a job that I love. I just had to, when I spoke to my doctor, I said, you know what? I need to work from home or I don't think I'm going to be able to work. I was able to get accommodations to work from home so that I could continue to be productive at my job. But I know exactly what you're saying with you don't want people in your office. That is exactly what I had gone through and still do to to some extent. To some extent, to some extent, yes, I'm much better, so much better. Um, now I can leave my door open and I allow people in. I'll put my mask on when they come in. And, you know, I still have issues with large crowds of people. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even do the large crowds. No, <laughs> no. I, do, I still have my door closed most of the time. I do wear a mask. And if someone comes to my door that they um, are asked to put their mask on as well. Yeah. If they step in my office, I do prefer that they put on a mask. Yeah. Then mine will definitely be on. Yes. Um, but I have an X. I have an X outside my door. That's the spot to stay. That's the six foot, huh? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's about nine feet away, but that's the spot to stand. Oh but my that's gosh. my comfort. It's so weird to hear someone else say that because I, and even my, my supervisors, I've told them all, I don't know why I'm feeling this way, but I can't even function. I can't function here. It's like I said, it felt like it was chasing me. I felt as if it was after me. Yes. Would you recommend EMDR and why and for what? You know, EMDR um, may not be for everybody, but I would recommend, you know, at least trying it. It, um, you know, really it is designed for traumatic situations, but I will say that it, it helped me become a little more settled with this COVID isn't going away soon, but I still have to live my life. So it helps me to focus on the right thing and not the negative feelings that it's causing. It helps me to, re, you know, again, reprogram or reprocess or retrain that negative feeling. It's going to it's going to be all right. It may not be the best way to say it, but to reprogram it that, you know what, I've been here before. I've been in this grocery store before a thousand times. 
and nothing ever happened to me. So I can do it again today. And I, sometimes I just have to do that. I have to just stop and say, hold on a minute. You've been in here 20 years of your life. Nothing has ever happened. And it's not going to happen today. Just so I can go grocery shopping. So yeah, it's, I do recommend it. I do recommend it. It may not fit everybody, but yeah. But at least it's a tool. If, it's a great tool. Exactly. At least take the time to be able to look at it, do a little bit of research on it, and just gain some understanding and knowledge in making the decision of utilizing it. People can go to our website and find some resources that we keep trying to grow and build. The website is Sink or Swim Pod, P-O-D. P is in people, O as in O. D is in Doug, <laughs> but it's sinkorswimpod.com. And just so that you don't miss it, our website is sinkorswimpod.com. That's sink or swim pod. P is in Paul, O is in Olive, D is in Dog. Sinkorswimpod.com. Go there for resources and information and access to multiple different episodes that are available now on every podcast platform. You can search Sink or Swim on every podcast out there. Every platform now has it. If you find one that we're not on, please email us at info at sinkorswimpod.com. That's info at sinkorswimpod.com. Well, this concludes the three episodes with Monty. We've really appreciated Monty. We've really appreciated her sharing everything, including her treatment options, including her feelings, including how she's dealing with friends and family. Thank you, Monty. Thank you to you. You, the listeners, please follow, like, and share. Please, without you, this podcast won't exist. We are in 27 different countries at the time of this podcast. Yes, but without you, without followers, this podcast can't exist. So we're depending upon you, and you are going to be able to get more out of this podcast. We're going to continue interviewing people that are affected by COVID, people who are trying to help us with COVID and those friends and family of those of us that are long COVID long haulers. So thank you very much. If you missed episode one and two on Monty, please go back and listen to those. She gives us so much information and support. And if you've listened to all three of the three with Monty, there are at least 10, if not more other episodes out there right now. So thank you very much. Please follow like and share follow like and share we depend on you thank you have a blessed day it's a choice